1: Uh, hello, everybody, and welcome to the Blizzard Watch podcast. I'm Matt. I'm your host, and with me this week are my two fantastic co-hosts, Liz Harper and Joe Perez. Sorry that I hiccup there; that was awful. Um, <laughs> you guys say hi, greet people. T- t- you know, do a brief thing. And we'll, we'll we'll go into the the top stories because there's quite a bit to talk about.
2: There is hello? also hi. I got nothing. That's all. I'm <laughs> just saying hello. You told me to say hello. I did the thing, Matt.
1: I heard you, man. The problem is that I have to turn the master volume down on the game so people can hear us and not the sweeping music of Stormwind. Uh, so I was hoping to get a little bit more time to do that. Anyway, there, we did. We can now talk about the various things that are going on, including the first thing we're going to talk about, just because it took me by such surprise. Uh, Hearthstone Mercenary is, is going into maintenance mode, which, I mean, I guess I, I, I didn't see this coming. Uh, Joe, I don't think you ever played it or cared about it. Uh, Not really, but Liz. I know you did at least a little. Uh, why don't you talk a little bit about what you felt about hearing this, and then I'll talk about what I felt because you know probably we're equally surprised.
0: Uh, yeah, I mean, I was surprised, but also I kind of hated Hearthstone mercenaries. Like it was, it was uh, reasonable fun but the gameplay loop was to grind a lot or to spend a lot of money so you did not have to grind so much i think and um,
1: that's something i want to talk to i'm gonna try to remember to come back on that go ahead
0: i mean that's that was kind of the whole problem with the mode was it felt like a game built to extract money for you from you not a game built to have And it had many, many microtransactions that they would continually push on you. Every hero, you had to collect them and you collected each hero from uh, buying card packs, which would contain mercenaries, and they were random. So you would keep buying card packs hoping you got the appropriate mercenaries and then each mercenary had to be leveled individually and their skills had to be leveled individually and leveling their skills cost mercenary coins, but there weren't just a single set of mercenary coins. There were like Gina coins and Illidan coins and it's just everyone had their own special coins and you needed to collect hundreds and hundreds of these coins. I think, uh, a thousand, two thousand, something like that, to level your mercenary to max. And uh, you know, each mission you did in mercenaries, you would complete it and you might get 20 coins. And the coins were semi-random, like they could drop each mission had a specific hero they would drop coins for. And you would just you would do these missions, which would take you like maybe 20 minutes to get all the way through, and then you would get 20 coins and then you would have to do that like 30, 40 times to get enough coins to completely level everything up. It was was such a grind. And I mean, you needed really specific combinations of mercenaries, specific compositions to defeat different challenges in the game. And if you didn't have that mercenary or you didn't have them leveled up, then it's like, okay, I'm going back to the beginning, and I'm doing the grind, and it could it would take forever. But yeah. uh, mercenaries was constantly pushing, oh hey, if you just give me some money, I can give you those coins you need to level up. Just just hand over a little bit of cash, and it's like the gameplay loop was not satisfying enough. To where you're like, okay, I'm going to spend the money and level this up because it's just tomorrow you're going to be back in the same place and you have to start over with a new mercenary. Ugh, yeah, it was crazy like, making.
1: Here's the, here's what I was thinking, um, the other day, like not the other day, like this, it was today, but it feels like another day. Um, <laughs> I was thinking about it when I was thinking about the news and I was like reading, um, Phil's post about it and thinking, you know what it was like? It was like someone came into my house as I was playing Mercenaries. And I was like, hey. I see you're enjoying uh Heartstone Mercenaries there. It'd be a shame if several hundred hours of grinding kept you from enjoying it, wouldn't it? But I can fix that <laughs> for you for a price. It's like I seriously, the game is shaking me down. There's a it's it's running a protection racket on me <laughs> to get me to pay it so I didn't have to play it. And it's like I have an easy way to not have to play you. And that's to not play yeah. you. Like there's <laughs> there's always a risk with this kind of thing where you're trying to make it so the, the, you need the grind to be really addictive to people because if you're trying to get people to pay you to skip it, you need them to really want to play the game, not just think it's kind of fun and see where it goes. This is what happened in both Diablo Immortal and with Hearthstone Mercenaries for me. I got to a point where I could no longer justify the amount of effort I was putting in to try and squeeze some fun out of this because I wasn't paying yeah. for either of them. So it's like, okay, at this point, I have crushed my hand bloody, and I'm not getting any more fun out of this game. Like The, the stone has been squeezed. I'm done. And that's the, that's the thing you have to worry, to worry about in this kind of thing. When you're trying to design these games, you have to make them fun enough that people will see this as an a little bit of spice to make it go a little better. And not as being basically threatened that, you know, you'll continue this grind until you give us money. Cause if that's the case, I can just stop. There are other games. I can find something else to play. I don't have to play Hearthstone Mercenaries. You, you know what I mean? Like it's not like it has a yeah. robust community of friends that's going to make me come back. You know, World of Warcraft. World of Warcraft could hold my friends list over my head. You don't have a friends <laughs> list, Mercenaries. But yeah, I, I think that's that was my take. Uh, that it was really just it, either you needed to make it like more fun to play. Or you needed to make it less grindy uh, if you wanted to try this approach. But it, I am still surprised because it's only been out for, like, what, a year?
0: Um, I think longer than that. But, like, the thing that I find most surprising about them closing this down is that they've been doing a lot of updates to it. They've been doing a lot of, like, full-fledged content updates. That they have not been skimping on development of this, and even when they announced it's going into maintenance mode, it's with a big update that changes up, that's adding, like, six new heroes, it's adding a new type of of, uh, gameplay encounter, it's uh, dividing minions into factions, clearly, which that was always kind of a problem with the game, that... uh, certain certain things would affect or buff people of like the Alliance or the Horde or you know, like different types like that and they weren't clearly indicated so now minions are all clearly divided into factions and there are new factions and different things that affect those factions and it's like, hey, this is actually this is a really cool update we're getting a lot of neat things and down there at the very bottom of the post, they're like, yeah, this is going to be the last update we're doing <laughs> so it it just seemed it seemed really out of the blue because they yeah. have been working hard on making this a better game, and they have actually yeah. since launch, they have improved a lot.
1: I'm, I'm sure they have. It's just an interesting example of that whole idea of the bad launch and can you overcome it? Uh, you know, player expectation. I mean, We've seen it before. I don't. I Honestly, don't it was think a bad really launch. Had,
0: yeah, yeah. It's I don't just, think it had a bad launch. Just they've they've really improved it as it went. They've refined it and made it. Better, more fun, easier to advance, because like one of the things when it launched, one of the ways to level your mercenaries, well, the primary way to level everyone up was to do these quests. And every day you would get a certain number of random quests for a random mercenary. But like today you might get a random quest for this guy and you would complete that and then you would get a random quest for a different guy the next day. So leveling one mercenary was really, really hard. Yeah, I, want just, my, you, yeah. I want to level my yeah.
1: I want to level my hammer girl, and- but I can't because I don't keep not getting quests <laughs> for Hammer Girl. I'm sorry, that's what I call her. Just Hammer Girl. So I, I I liked Hammer Girl. Um, but I you know and, so
0: at some point they changed that to where if you get the first quest, once you complete the first quest, you'll get the second one and the third one and the, you know, until you finish their entire quest chain. And it's like that's that's a really good idea. That makes it a lot easier to advance and to collect all your mercenary coins, which you got from Quest Rewards. I mean, they've really done some good things with the game, but now eh, the party's over. This has me
1: wondering, and uh, I think Joe can actually comment on this one. How much of this do you think is aimed at the the idea that Hearthstone is less a card game nowadays and more multiple games, like like a trench coat situation? Like, do you think that there's just, like a certain amount of, let's get back to designing like systems we know people are enjoying and that are integral to the brand, for lack of a better word. Like, you know, this is a card game. So we're going to work on the actual card game stuff and battlegrounds. We don't understand how that got popular in the first place, but we're going to ride it. Cause it is <laughs> like, do, do you, what do you think on that?
2: one? I mean, there's possibly some of that. It's also possibly some of this just isn't working and we need to put our eggs somewhere else or I don't know. It was always weird to me. I've talked about this before with with Hearthstone being, you know, 12 games in a trench coat. Um, you know, it seems to lack sort of that focus. And I think part of the charm that made Hearthstone as good as it was the first time around and what it made it such a popular uh, game was it was a simple, addictive card game that had a low barrier to entry. And so people could play it on their mobile devices, they could play it for 10 minutes at a time, they could, you know, play it when they were doing nothing else, or, or whatever the case is, and just had a few minutes to to, to spare and kill, and adding these modes in kind of takes away from that, right? Like, Liz is talking about how grindy it was, I think that that plays a huge factor in it, and I think uh, that... Maybe it's a cost analysis of is this too grindy for our our average player? Was the engagement not what we thought it was going to be? And the answer is probably no, it probably wasn't what they wanted. So they moved, they're moving away from it. Like, I'm not, I would not be surprised if it was just quote unquote underperforming because of how it was designed and thus getting put into maintenance mode where people who enjoy it, because there are people who do enjoy it, can keep playing what they have, but there's no active development anymore because. They need to put resources, like you said, Matt, maybe back into the core of the game, make it enjoyable again, Uh, especially now, because there's a lot of card games coming out. Like I was just talking about the the new Magic the Gathering release that just happened, you know, a couple days ago at this point. And we have Disney's game coming out, Lorcana, relatively soon. Uh, We have we have Magic the Gathering's arena uh, that's becoming incredibly popular and one of the most popular mobile card game things out there right now. Like, there's a lot of things that are are competition for Hearthstone in the very, very near future, so maybe focusing on the core card mechanics of it and the core gameplay that made it popular in the first place isn't necessarily a bad idea. I'm going to say, one of those
1: competitors is Marvel Snap. Uh, Liz, you've been playing Marvel Snap, right?
0: Uh, Yeah, I've been playing more of it lately. I'm not really far along in the game, but yeah, I've been playing some.
1: I think I saw you... um, in work chat talking about how the monetization for Marvel Snap isn't much different than say, uh, Diablo Immortal or even Hearthstone Mercenaries, but Snap seems to not have, be having the problem of, of people not being willing to put up with it. Uh, do you have any thoughts on that or am I just nuts? Uh,
0: no, I mean, I think it's weird because Snap does do a lot of these things that we find annoying about monetization and other games you have a daily free reward but you have to go into the shop and claim it and it gives you a little notification come over into the shop and get your daily reward and you have to it's not like at the top of the shop you have to scroll through all of these things they're tempting you to buy including a $100 bundle of in-game currency which a lot of mobile games have huge bundles for in-game currency and i can't imagine dropping $100 on Any mobile game in-game currency. But that's another thing. Um, It has you advance through the game by upgrading your collection level. And as you upgrade your collection level, you collect random cards. But you're going to eventually hit a difficulty level where you need different cards. Any card game has. It's like you need certain decks, certain compositions. Which are really going to be strong. And if you don't hit the good luck and get those cards as you advance your collection level, it's you're just gonna be out of luck. And you also you advance your collection level, you collect uh, you get a card, and then you like level up that card. And each time you level up the card, it gets more expensive. So it like it gets harder to advance as you continue. And you collect new cards, of course, which start at their basic level. And you advance those new cards up to get more collection levels to unlock more cards. But it it does turn into a big grind that you could bypass that all if you just paid a little bit of money or maybe a whole lot of money. So it, it feels like a really, this is like your really common mobile game mechanic is you want a game that is fun enough that people are going to go in and want to keep playing it. And they enjoy playing it so much they will actually want to pay you money so they don't have to do the boring parts but they can do the fun parts and this is I actually guess, yeah. something i'm this is something i'm really worried about with uh warcraft arclight rumble which is still in beta we haven't heard much about it lately because i've i've done some beta testing for arclight rumble and it is super fun the game is so much fun i love playing this game but you hit these like breakpoints, like hard walls Where it like the difficulty ramps up or you need really specific compositions of heroes and minions to get past this or you need to level things up. But it's all kind of random what minions you can buy. It's random which minions you get quests for so you can level them up and make them more powerful. And of course, all of that is something you can bypass by spending a little bit of money. And uh, I mean, that one may actually hit kind of a sweet spot for blizzard maybe not for us because it is fun enough that you want to you know get that edge and get that advancement without grinding so i think it's really tempting to spend money there and uh so i kind of I, I kind of have a lot of trepidation about that one
1: that leads me to ask this question that i just occurred to me as you were talking um how, how similar was mercenaries and Ar- Arcolite rumble in terms of what they're actually getting you to do I know the gameplay is different, but it's still basically, you know, get these random people and fight battles with them, right?
0: Um, like, I, haven't, yeah,
1: got, was know, it, I have not it, gotten to play Arclight Rumble.
0: <laughs> I mean, if you break it down to its base level, it's like, yes, you're collecting a team, you're building this team of minions that are going to go fight an enemy team, but uh, uh, in Hearthstone Mercenaries, it did go very much on kind of the card-style gameplay where you're like, it's turn based and you're you're playing your different minions you're picking which abilities they use each turn in Arclight rumble it's um it's not turn based for one it's all happening live and your your minions are going up and fighting and you kind of set them on a path and they go that way and you can tell them to do specific things at specific points you can kind of you can send them choose to send them one direction or the other but they're kind of they're kind of doing their own thing you you just sort of, you set them down and let them go. And you have a few choices. And uh, sometimes that works better for you than others. But it's a lot, uh, it's a much more fast paced because it's live. And, you know, there's always something happening. There's always a little bit of action going on.
1: Do you think maybe it's possible that one of the reasons we got this announcement was because Blizzard was like, look, we, we have two games and we really, we want development on this new one coming out to be good. Maybe they're throwing resources that way. Maybe they've decided to like- stop doing mercenaries for that reason i mean i don't know i'm just at this point i'm just looking for some kind of i i
0: see what you're saying but i hmm, i i would lean against that just because they are super different even if on the base level they sound similar they play very differently uh one of the things the hearthstone team team said is that they are going to focus more on the standard construction constructed mode and uh battlegrounds which battlegrounds is super popular right now So uh, maybe we'll see more development happening there. Uh, One of the things Phil talked about, and I am actually really excited about this possibility, is maybe they'll revive dungeon runs, which were a single player game mode where you progressed through, you know, a dungeon fighting various enemies and you selected random abilities as you went and you built your deck as you went. And those were super fun. But when they rolled out mercenaries, they're like, "Yeah, we aren't going to develop this. We're working on this mercenaries thing." So they, I remember you know the I,
1: I remember the one where you fought the Lich King. Uh, yes, that's the one I remember really strongly.
0: That's um, uh, that's a single a single. Okay, we we've talked about how Hearthstone is thirty games in a trench coat. Yeah. This this is another this is a way where you're you're going to see that. Uh, so like the you fight the Lich King. That was kind of a single player adventure thing. Dungeon runs and there were a few variations on this. Uh the witch light. Oh wow, witchlight yeah. that's not the right word. Uh y'all I know, know what I'm talking, talking about. which yeah. would
1: <laughs> I believe it's witchwood or something.
0: Witchwood, yes. Um that that had a dungeon run. But basically, you go and each boss you defeat, you get a selection of new cards you can add into your deck, and you get a selection of new treasures you could add into your deck. It was all random and you could get combinations that were really amazing and overpowered. Or you could get combinations that were terrible. And you would go through the dungeon and, you know, build as you went. And if you lost, you'd go and you'd start over with a new deck and gain new abilities as you went. So that was always really fun. And it was really replayable because every time it was a little different. They sort of have that gameplay right now in a mode called duels. (laughs) which they have not talked about very much in quite a while. But Duels is a PvP game mode where each player is individually like building their decks as they go. And uh, it's fun, but I, I find it tiresome after a while. And uh... But then there's also Arena, which is kind of like that, where you build a deck based on random cards you're presented. At the beginning and you're playing against another human opponent except with arena you build your deck initially and then you play with that same deck throughout with duels you get a few initial cards and then you add cards to them each victory you get new cards or new treasures and you see what I'm saying it's very complicated how many harsh yeah. game modes there are so maybe it's for I wonder best, how many yeah. people I, I wonder how many people really understand how much is going on in this game? And you know maybe they do need to focus. It does kind of feel like sometimes they throw out a new mode and then they ignore it. Well, yeah, we were just like, talking about
1: like you were just talking about the dungeon thing, and and I brought up something that wasn't the dungeon thing that I thought was the yeah. dungeon thing because they have so many things. But yeah, I, there, I think
0: there are so many things.
1: Yeah, I think at this point though, we could end up this with this being the the Hearthstone podcast. Yeah, not necessarily yeah, against that, but we should probably talk about at least a couple other things. Diablo two is going to have its patch 2.6 on uh, the 16th of February. And that's also when the latter season three is going to start. Uh, we actually had a bit of back and forth on that back. in. this is some inside baseball. We were trying to figure out if they did that for Diablo two, because they don't do that for Diablo three. And we were like, I, I mean, I think they do, but we eventually did figure <laughs> out that. Yes, they do do that. Um, and what's interesting about the the new season, season three is also going to be when we get the new rune words. There's a, Uh, uh, i think about eight total maybe more uh coming in that's that's some interesting new gameplay for diablo 2 uh that's really just kind of cool to me that diablo 2's patch 2.6 is coming it's going to have a new ladder season it's going to have new content uh in the form of these new rumors this is a game that came out in 2000 um so yeah it it is interesting to see this joe i know you've played a lot more diablo 2 than i have and i've played a fair amount Um, where do you see this going? Like, are are we going to see, like, more patches for Diablo 2? Do you think it's going to just keep being developed like this?
2: I think if it continues to be as popular as it is, which it is fairly popular from my understanding, I think it would not be out of the possibility of it continuing to receive uh, periodic updates like this or continued development. I think that it's, I personally think it's a good idea if, like, you have the bandwidth to do so because there's, Diablo two is, is what I would refer to as almost an evergreen game. Right. Uh, Even though it's almost 23 years old, 25 years old at this point, like it's, it's old what they did with the updating it, bringing it over to be able to play on the, the new network standards that we have and everything else revitalized the game. That was a lot of people's like just absolute favorites. Um, And I know I've heard some people talk about like, well, you know, continue to develop, but it's like continuing to develop its it's own competition for Diablo four. And it's like, No, they're they're still two completely different games and not everybody who wants to play like and I use Diablo 3 as an example. Diablo 3 tends to be a lot more frantic of a pace. Um, It's not necessarily as deliberate of a dungeon crawl uh, as Diablo 2 and certainly not as much as Diablo 1 was. And Diablo 2 is sort of that sweet spot between how slow Diablo 1 was and how fast Diablo 3 is. And I don't think Diablo four is going to be any slower than, than Diablo three was. So I personally think it's a good idea if they were to keep uh, putting some effort into this, because then you still those players that don't want something necessarily as, as frantic or as hectic as Diablo three or four playing your content and consuming it. And invariably those are people that spend money on your, you know, various offerings. So
1: I will say this as somebody who played a demo that's at this point, four years old um, I would have called the Diablo 4 style punctuated equilibrium where it sometimes plays a little sl- like slower than Diablo 3 and then goes into a oh God all my stuff is up boom mode and then it goes back to being a little bit slow but again four years ago so take it take it with a granted this does lead me though into this idea that you could theoretically actually have four Diablo games in development at once mm-hmm. this year. Because the other thing, while we know about Diablo 2's season, we know when it's going to be. It's going to be on the 16th. We don't know when Diablo 3 is going to have its patch for Season 28. The 2.7.5 PTRs, I think, ending as we're recording this. Um, it will end mm-hmm. today. Unless, of course, some huge bug comes up and they have to roll it on, but it doesn't look like that's happening. Season 28 is going to be an incredibly complex season. It's, it's like you talk about the metagame for seasons. The met, season 28 has a metagame for its metagame. Um, so it's possible. This is the, this is it for Diablo three development, but it's also possible. It isn't because a lot of people still play it. Like a lot of people are playing Diablo three. I play Diablo three routinely. Uh, I've done, I I haven't done every season since season 14, but I've done close to all of them. Uh, so yeah, it it is interesting to me to think that I'm going to throw that to you guys, uh, uh, let Joe go first. And then Liz, do you think that there could actually sustain Diablo's Two, three, and four, and Immortal, all being developed at once. Do you think that that's possible?
2: Mm, probably not all of them. Then the question becomes, what do you put your your effort into? And I think you look at what players are playing the most and what's getting you the most. I, from a corporate level, they'd say return on investment, but you you got to look at what players are actually playing, right? So if Diablo Four comes out and people stop playing Diablo Three. At such a large level uh, compared to like, you know, now, obviously, then do you continue to put a lot of development time into it? Or do you walk that back and maybe not put it into development mode, but maybe the updates come a little bit further between each other? Uh, if it turns out that Diablo 2 Remastered is the most played Diablo game, do you put more resources behind it? it it's Questions that I don't know the answers to from a corporate standpoint because I don't know what the initiative is behind Diablo. Do they want it to be, in, you know, are they looking at profits like they did when Diablo 3 first released? Are they looking at player engagement? Are they looking at, uh, you know, long-term viability of the game? So I don't know, but I think it's you, you look at what players are playing and you actively develop for where the player base is. And, you know, maybe take a look at the other ones. And don't sunset them, but step away from them and make them not as higher priority to update, if that makes sense, unless there's a bug.
0: Yeah, I think it makes sense. Liz? Um, I think they're definitely going to keep Diablo 2, uh, 2 running and with updates. I mean, they aren't doing huge revolutionary updates to Diablo 2, but they are spending some development time. And they're keeping seasons going and they're, they are making changes to the game, which is super interesting and fun that they're continuing forward development. And I also think Diablo 2 is different enough that you can do that and, you know, still have something unique. When uh, Diablo 4 comes out, I would think they're going to they're going to look at conversions. You know, how many people are going from Diablo 3 to Diablo 4? How many people are still playing Diablo 3? Because we're probably going to still have season 28 going on when we get to Diablo 4. Are people still playing this? Are people still interested in playing this? And if people are, like if there's if there's a split in the player base, maybe you do keep doing Diablo seasons. Diablo 3 has not had a huge de- does not have a huge development cycle. It's like every three or four months they add a new feature and it's a cool new season and it's fun. So I mean, I just think it depends. If they find a lot of people are still playing Diablo 3. Maybe they decide, okay, we're going to sink some resources into making another Diablo 3 season. But I think if everyone moves to Diablo 4 or the gameplay loop of Diablo 4 feels really similar to Diablo 3, then they, you know, Diablo 3 may go out uh, into maintenance mode itself and take a long a long nap. Of course, Diablo 2, the original Diablo 2 was still running when they put out Diablo 2 Resurrected. It could potentially just hang out and be a game that people keep playing even though there's no active development
1: yeah i mean and one of the things that i keep thinking about is uh um the idea that you could theoretically see uh people there i don't know how to put this without sounding like i'm 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 bagging on them (laughs) and that's not the case but which which hunter not which hunter which doctor and demon hunter players are not happy that they're not going to get to be in diablo uh 4 that's true and you think that which doctors are the least played class because they are, but the people who do play them absolutely love them. And it's like, could Diablo three be sustained entirely on the spite of, of, you know, <laughs> which doctor players, I, I it, who knows? I mean, it, I don't know how many there are, but yeah, I mean, it's one of those things that I, I have been thinking of, but yeah, the, the idea that we could have multiple, you know, of course with the way Netties and stuff is going with that. Maybe Diablo Immortal is the one that's not going to be around
2: uh yeah that is that is actually yeah. a really good point too we don't know what diablo immortal is going to look like in this coming year and and how that's going to shake out especially because i mean the the chinese and the asian market is really big for immortal like mm-hmm. it's 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 not an insignificant portion of the uh their player base so it's something yeah. to watch
0: one one thing we don't know is we don't know when Blizzard's contract with NetEase expires. We don't know when that's going to be an issue for Diablo Immortal. For anyone out there listening who has not been keeping up, Blizzard's operations in China have ceased, except for Diablo Immortal, because their contract with NetEase expired for all of those games, so you can't play World of Warcraft, you can't play Overwatch in China, it's just these games don't exist. They need a Chinese partner to distribute their games, and uh, right now they don't have one. But Diablo Immortal was under a different licensing agreement, and so it is still running. So I, I mean, maybe that's, maybe that's not going to be an issue for several more years. We don't know.
1: It's entirely possible because Netties developed it, uh, that hmm, the contract yeah. is significantly different in other ways as well. We, we don't know. Perhaps it's more, perhaps it's more lucrative for Netties. They might be getting more out of it. Uh, I think the big, the big stumbling block on the licensing agreement was money as is often the case. So who knows? We, we do not know. It's just something to think about as we go future. But uh, I should mention, since we just talked about it briefly, Overwatch Season 3 is starting today as we're recording this, February 7th. Um, a lot of stuff in that. Uh, I saw the Amaratsu skin for Kiriko. Uh, it's Kiriko, right? It's not Kimiko. I always want to call it Kiri- Kiriko. yeah. So there's an Amaratsu skin for her, which is interesting because they had the Olympus thing fairly recently, and now they're, they're pulling in gods from other religious and mythological traditions which is you know no problem for me i'm i'm happy for that let's let's get some Celts and, and egyptian stuff up there. but I, I we know that they're bringing the credits back we talked about that last week i think it's all you know time melts into like a rich porridge in my head but nevertheless <laughs> where do you guys think is going on with overwatch like how does how season three gonna work out what do, you, what, what do you feel like needs to happen right now for this game oh none of us play it so you don't um, have to go on for the in the long detail. <laughs> I still can't play no, it.
0: I mean,
2: <laughs> sorry.
0: I think the big problem with Overwatch Two is that it doesn't feel as rewarding as Overwatch One. I mean, yeah, Overwatch One had loot boxes and it was totally random, but Overwatch Two has a battle pass and you progress through the battle pass and you do quests and you earn things as you go. But you don't you don't necessarily get as much out of that battle pass. So they added uh, in Overwatch One credits were kind of that was your currency and that was removed in Overwatch 2, but now it's been added back to Overwatch 2 as a currency you are awarded on the battle pass, which you can use to buy legendary skins. But it's, if you do the whole battle pass, you'll get enough credits to buy one skin, I believe. So that's, that's still not a lot. Uh, I think, I think mostly Overwatch players just you know, they want Overwatch 2 to feel as rewarding as Overwatch 1, and I don't think it does. And that's, I blame that on it being a free-to-play game, which means they're just, they're trying to get you to pay for everything one at a time.
2: Fair.
1: Liz, uh, Liz you are Liz. Joe, <laughs> anything else?
2: I have nothing to add that Liz has not already said.
1: Okay, really briefly explain that I still can't play it. So I just want people to understand that.
2: Uh, Yeah. So it's still a thing that I'm having a struggle with, which is for whatever reason on my machine, which is not exactly a slouch of a computer. This, this thing is built for streaming and running cyberpunk 2077 at like the highest setting while streaming. When I try to play overwatch three, I literally get maybe five minutes of the game being open before it has maximized all available system memory. And has started spilling over into my Windows page file to the So point, it's Mozilla. It, it is. It makes Mozilla <laughs> and Chrome look like they're like chickens just pecking at hay. Comparatively, like it, it is. It is ridiculous how much how much memory it consumes immediately. So like I've tried. I've tried to play so that I can make like an informed decision on it. Because uh, I hate giving an opinion or, or or talking about something that I don't have firsthand experience with. I just can't. Like I legitimately cannot. And like. Again, it's not like it's running a slouch of a machine like I'm, I'm sitting here at 32 gigs uh, of massive RAM. I have tons of storage like this should not be an issue in this day and age. And yet here we are and there's nothing. There's no fixes. There's no anything about it. So no idea. No idea what, what what's going on with it. Uh. So, yeah, just kind of upset that I don't even get to play.
1: I just thought people should actually know that that kind of thing is happening so they understand. Uh, but now we're going to move into talking a little bit about World of Warcraft. Um First off, love is in the air. Started yesterday as we're recording. That was the sixth of February. It's going until the twentieth. And Liz just informed us via email because I had I did not know this. Uh, apparently, they've made it so that the love rocket has a greatly increased chance of dropping on your first kill of the day. Is that is that correct? I, I, your email is here, but I don't want to scroll down because I'm lazy. Close between the podcast. Uh, yes, so. yes.
0: The first, uh, the first. Uh... What does it drop in? It drops in a heart-shaped box. I believe the first heart-shaped box you get per day has a, what Blizzard calls, a greatly increased chance of dropping the X45 Heartbreaker mount, which you all know as the giant pink rocket that everyone spends every hour of their day in February farming for without ever getting it. So maybe, maybe this year. Maybe this year is your, your year, your time.
1: I'm going to say straight up, I've never wanted to love rocket because it is a giant pink rocket that I straddle, and that's just too much for me. Uh, straight up.
2: Every God, time every it. time we talk about this, I keep thinking of the Kiss song that I will not mention, yeah. but uh-huh, it just yeah. constantly plays on loop in my head.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just, yeah, no, I, I don't want it. Um, but I get why people want it. There's mount collectors who just want every mount, and there's people who love the idea of this ridiculous thing. And it is a ridiculous thing, but, you know, that's a lot of stuff in of Warcraft (laughs) is ridiculous. That's great. But so, yeah, if you're trying to get it at least once a day, you should try because you've got a greatly increased chance, apparently. Is that per character or per account?
0: It sounds like, from my understanding, it sounds like it's per account. I could be wrong, though.
2: Yeah, I think it would make sense for them to do it by account because it's an account wide mount and players have been cycling through alts like crazy to go get it and farm it in the past. Mm-hmm. Oh, so yeah. making it an increased chance in your first kill per like per account per day would make more sense than, yeah.
1: Because then you don't feel like you got to go swap and kill it again exactly. and get another character. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. But that's why I asked. It does because- sound...
0: It does sound like you can farm it if you want to. You can keep killing it over and over again with all of your ults. Yeah, but you don't oh, get yeah, the increased chance. Yeah. Yeah. They, they specify that the first drop of the day, you get an increased chance. Yeah. That makes which, sense. Uh, which could still be really low. We do not know.
1: But while we're talking about all that, we do also know that on the 16th, which is apparently going to be a pretty busy day for Blizzard, um they're lifting the Valor and Conquest caps for season 1 of Dragonfly. If you've been riding up to the cap every week trying to get more valor to upgrade your gear, that's going away. Uh, as of the 16th, which I believe is next week, um, cuz yeah, yeah,
2: the 14th next will week, be Thursday cuz the 15th is my birthday.
1: That, that's what they do to you they they, they play games with your heart Yep. Uh, literally in this case um but yeah they're lifting <laughs> the valor and conquest caps so if you decide i'm going to run 100 mythic dungeons well hopefully someone will stop you but you know you'll need to eat and, and use the bathroom guys don't don't run 100 mythic dungeons run a few but regardless you you can do so and get valor for every single one of them allowing you to basically just have as much valor as you can get uh and the same with conquest. You can you can run solo shuffle until your fingers bleed and your eyes scream. You can go do arenas until your you know loved ones try to find out what happened to you and why no one's heard from you in a year. Stuff like that. Uh, the only thing stopping you from doing these things is you. So please, please think of yourself and and. And don't go crazy here. I mean, I've known people who, the second a cap is off, have literally just spent a, like spent twenty four hours straight doing that thing.
0: Don't 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 be that.
2: Liz, mish. how 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 long do you think before we get uh we see a doe on like constantly smart farming valor? What do you think?
0: Uh, I mean, doesn't doesn't he already do that? That's kind of what it feels like <laughs> with the. <laughs> We, our guild has a group of people who are just, they seem to always be doing Mythic Plus, and I'm like, I cannot maintain that level of time or enthusiasm, but some people really enjoy it. More power to them, now they can get more upgrades. Uh,
1: Please remember to use the the facilities and get food and get up and walk around a little bit. (laughs) You know, these are all important (laughs) things. We're all getting older, guys. You you can't just sit there for 20 hours and you, you actually need to get up and move around or your body will hurt you, so... Just just a a tip from old Grouchy here, keep that in mind, <laughs> but while we know that that's happening, uh we should probably talk about the uh p- the class changes coming in I think today uh ten point zero point five uh maintenance was when they would have already been introduced. These are changes that were originally in ten point zero point sevens ptr and now they're being introduced in ten point zero point five so they're still on the ten point zero point seven ptr but they're part of the the game right now. Though. Uh I looked at them. They mostly seem to be damage fixes. Uh, they they're interesting. Um, I don't have any like really trenching criticism about them based on one brief reading. I think if I were a blood DK, I'd be real happy. Um, <laughs> which you know, quite frankly, blood DKs are cool. I, I have a blood DK. I I should use it more. Um, so yeah, I didn't I didn't see anything no. in here that really grabbed my attention though. Liz, did you, Joe? I'll take my
0: I. I'll my, take my ten percent. My biggest my biggest problem with this patch is that when uh, they they wrote the hotfix notes for this, my guild leader came on and said, Hey Liz, you're getting a nerf. Uh wait, hey Liz, you're getting a buff. And I scrolled through I'm like, Wow, I'm getting a buff, what am I getting? And it's it's a buff for So uh, that's my my heart fell. Oh, that was, a this. That was, I, was know, like, wow. I know, I know.
1: You're getting nerfed. No, you're getting buffed, but it's not a good buff. Wow. We're we're (laughs) up. We're down. Go ahead. Go
0: ahead,
2: Joe. (laughs) I mean, mine's easy. I'm just getting like a 10% healing buff to uh, like what? Three things. So overall healing 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 surge, surge. chain heal is getting a 10% buff. And for restoration, healing wave, healing rain, and overflowing shores is going to be increased by 10%. I'll, I'll take whatever I can get at this point. Close that gap with evokers. That's that's what I want. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh I I don't think it's possible in gap with yeah, evokers. They for, are just for those they're you, way up there. For
2: those of you at home, like I'm not a bad healer. Liz is not a bad healer. And yet evokers. No, I, no, no I, stop, stop. You are not a bad healer. Shush. <laughs> uh evokers, like our, our guild leader uh is is an evoker who I don't think I've really known stop to heal very often uh prior to this on average he hits about 30k heal per second more than we do on average that's why i'm like give give us buffs i need them close the gap just a little bit just, just let me feel like it's possible that i can catch up and <laughs> just just give me that little hint of possibility please
1: I, I find myself wondering how much of that is the raw ability to cast on the move
2: it, a lot of it almost all Evoker's of it staff. almost I mean, all, all of
1: it i i played a uh uh I want to say resto evoker. That's not what they're called. Um,
2: <laughs> preservation. Whatever the
1: healing. Preservation. preservation. I played a pres preservation evoker on the uh, beta, and I didn't, I didn't like it enough to switch to it or anything. But my god, the sheer mo- mobility of them and the damage ability while healing were yeah. both like crazy. I was like, I cannot believe it, I can do this much damage while I'm healing things.
2: It is it is a yeah. massive boon to healing classes, like even druids who are very mobile healers. Even they're getting outperformed by evokers, which is ridiculous. And it's because it's just they have so many options for like big bomb heals on the move. So, yeah,
1: yeah, it is something I noticed and thought, wow, this is amazing. So,
2: so I'll take my 10%. I'm going to be happy. I'm going to be grateful. I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to drink from that cup. Uh, I'm secretly going to hold out that cup and, and, and beg for more later, but I'll what take my sir? 10% May now. I have
1: some more. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, I think that, yeah, with that, what? that's basically, oh, go ahead. Liz. What?
0: One thing I am way more excited about, which came out, uh, like, really right before the podcast, is uh, Paladin Changes in Patch 10.0.7. They are doing a big rework of Retribution, but they're also doing... they're doing some other changes, and we don't have the full picture yet. But one of the things they are doing is moving divine toll to the class tree instead of being on each individual spec tree, which was always a little weird. Uh, it's being moved to the yeah. class tree, and that's gonna—I think—that's gonna be interesting. It's gonna open some interesting possibilities up in how our spec trees work. I'm really looking forward to seeing what holy spec tree is gonna look like. How they're rearranging things. And it also looks like they're actually making retribution aura useful, for which I think that's very interesting. Because one of the things I don't like about paladins in general is you have four different auras and only one of them is ever useful to anyone.
1: Yeah, here's the one so where nobody, like, you take less damage. Hope you like it because that's yeah. the one you're getting.
0: <laughs> well, th- that's the only one that gives us any value whatsoever. So, yeah, that's the one I'm clicking
1: no that's fair i'm I looking forward to seeing it maybe i'll actually start leveling my paladin who has been sitting there after my four warrior burst to 70 the paladin's been like <laughs> it's my turn now right no why not i'm right here you 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 took me through all the pre-expansion events i'm set to go yeah yeah i'm just i hate you yeah you should but uh at this point we should move on um possibly get to actually some questions this week um as is usually the case, if you've got a question for the show, you can send it to podcast at blizzardwatch That's the email address for the show. Uh, please let us know it's for this show and not the other shows, because at this point, lore watch has become this gigantic behemoth, and I can't possibly hope to defeat it. Uh, so you've got to, got to please let me know it's the questions for this show. Otherwise, I'm just stealing questions from lore watch. I didn't do that this week, but man, it was tempting. I just knew Joe. Would we catch f-
2: me. we fluctuate like some weeks. Yeah. Some weeks I have to steal from the main show. Some weeks Matt has to steal from the lore show.
1: but but i don't i don't care i just complain about the stuff that affects me personally (laughs) uh so (laughs) but anyway um if you don't want to use email uh there's there's our lovely discord which is a nice community full of great people so if you want to hang out and chat with us you know sometimes we even like talk there well i I do occasionally i think joe talks a lot more and liz of course because she's kind of in charge and has to but I, i i'm very bad at being social so i hide a lot and then i come on go here's a lot of transmogs and then i go back into my cave like a punks (laughs) 20 fill of transmog uh but regardless you can go to there and you can go to our podcast uh q and podcast questions channel which is for everybody patrons not patrons alike you can ask a question there if you want if you are a patron however since you guys help us have a site to do anything with um we do look to your channel first that's the patron Q and podcast questions channel uh you can ask a question in there again if you're a patron and we will we look at them first uh and this time i'm gonna basically say liz you read this one
0: uh okay well the first question is from roxy but i feel like we kind of answered this one um i i will roll it out see if we have any more thoughts on that because roxy was kind enough to send us this question this afternoon And this was actually the way I learned about this news because I did not know it before Roxy posed this question. Question for the podcast. Blizzard just announced this morning that they are switching Hearthstone mercenaries into maintenance mode. Roxy posted this question and I said, what? (laughs) Okay. Continuing reading, what do you think were the biggest flaws of the game and what might this mean for any other mobile games Blizzard is developing, i.e. Arclight Rumble? Also, when was the last time we got an update on Arclight Rumble and why are they so quiet on that front? From your friend Roxy.
1: I think we can answer the I second part I feel like of we that. covered this. We didn't really yeah. cover Arclight Rumble that much, just to mention that it Not- existed and they haven't talked about it. hmm do why why do we uh, let's go for the angle of why do we think they are not talking about arc rumble after the initial announcement it has not been there hasn't been much news about it what what do you think's going on there like are they they, we we actually have to do posts telling people it hasn't been canceled so what's the deal why are they so quiet on this front
0: they have done a few gameplay patches since announcement it has been in beta it's been in beta for quite a long time at this point. And every couple of months, they seem to be rolling out a new patch, but it's it's pretty quiet. It's not like there's a big announcement about it because it's still in beta, and they just aren't hyping it. I don't know why they aren't hyping it. Like I said earlier, I think it's a really fun game. I'm concerned about how it's going to be monetized, but I think it's super fun, uh, and I think there's a lot of room for hype here. It's it's a really fun little team battler.
2: I think it has to do with them figuring out licensing. So I think that a lot of the lack of hype is them still going through and trying to figure out how it's going to be distributed, where it's going to be going through what hoops they have to go through in order to uh, get it approved. And also because the game isn't released yet, if it's going to release or is involved in like the auspice of uh, whether or not uh, Microsoft slash purchasing Activision Blizzard Uh, or ABK is constituting a monopoly. I'm not sure that they can do a whole lot with it still right now because there was no release date announced. There was no like it's ready to go or anything like that. And that might affect how licensing is perceived or how licensing is doled out. Like whether or not it can go to the Apple store or in the, the Android play or the uh, Google play store and things like that. So there might be an element of uncertainty with everything else that's going on. So that might be why we haven't heard a whole lot about it and why it's not super hyped. They might not know. Also, the stuff with NetEase may have thrown some of that into a uh, question as well, because if they don't have a distributor for what is probably the largest mobile market, what are they going to do? So yeah, that, that's I mean, my two cents.
0: It, it is a mobile game. So it does. It really has to go on the Apple Store and the Google Play Store. I mean, that's just not going to be an option to not do those things,
2: right? But it has to go through the approval process and it has to get verified, right? So, like, if anything is preventing they, it from doing so, that, that, that puts a damper on
0: it. But they could still hype it. They could still make posts about it. They, and they just aren't. They haven't. Even since it's like there was an initial wave of beta invites and there's been, you know, nothing yeah. since then. So it's just very strange.
2: But, I mean, is it, though? Like, look at how players react to when something does get hyped and then has to get pushed back. Right. Versus if you don't know what's going on with it and you don't have a solid idea or plans have changed, not hyping it until you know what's going on, because pushing it back might be more detrimental to the release of it than just not getting the hype up in the first place. Right. Does that does that make sense? Do you understand I, what I'm trying to say?
0: That does make sense, but I don't entirely agree with you. Okay. I I just don't think
1: Blizzard, in the past I've seen corporations don't have that kind of foresight when it comes to their hype. Like, they hype.
0: Yeah. They they,
1: they just do. They're like, you know, here, here's more hype, more hype! So, yeah, I don't know.
0: I I really feel like Blizzard doesn't always do a very good job of communicating. And I think that is more of a problem than hype, necessarily. Like, when we were all getting hyped about Overwatch. But there was a lot of question about what Overwatch 2 even was. And then when it got here, and it was something different than what we thought it would be because there'd been all this miscommunication about what it was, what direction it was going, it's, I mean, there was some disappointment. Like, I remember you, Joe, saying that you thought Overwatch 1 was going to keep being around and you could play it, but now well, that's everything what they, is Overwatch 2. Like, yeah, Because that's, that's
2: what they originally said, right? Like, they were originally making yeah. it seem like that when when old Kaplan was still around.
0: Yeah, and I think the community is part of the problem because we do latch onto things developers say, and we oh, we do get Absolutely. really angry and yell at people and make it really unpleasant, and that makes developers not want to tell us anything, which makes us even more likely to grab onto the littlest scrap of information and hang on to it like it's the gospel. But like it's it's a it's a perpetuating cycle. The fact that developers don't talk to us means that we cling on to every little bit of information, means that we get really upset when things change because we didn't know anything about this. It's just very sudden we heard this like we saw this in a tweet that was mentioned like three months ago and we haven't heard anything else so we're just clinging to this. And I think I really feel like the solution is more communication to keep saying things to say okay this is what we're working on this is the direction we're going and you know they change their mind they get a new direction they make another post and they keep us in the loop you know by keeping us in the loop uh you know you avoid those miscommunications you have this open line of communication and i think that's really a better way to do it but you kind of have to have the community on board
1: look at the diablo 4 developer updates for a good example of, yeah. of them, you know, even when stuff was changing and stuff was, was happening, they kept putting that thing out like pretty quarterly, like, you know, four times a year. Yeah. Here's, here's, here's what we can tell you now. And and it kept and people, it wasn't, you know, I'm stopping it wasn't a
0: small, yeah, it wasn't a small thing. It was a big meaty update with lots of information every time.
1: Mm-hmm. And for that matter, some of it changed. Like the, yeah. there's been like iteration throughout. Uh, I remember the big change was like, oh, these items aren't working the way we want them to, so we're making a change to how items will be working. And nobody got upset about it because it was just put there. It was just flat out, this is what we're doing, this is why we're doing it. I'm not saying that they have to do that for everything, but I'm saying that that's a good model to follow if you do so. Um, Having those updates really did, I think, keep the Diablo 4 uh, pace on an even keel. But I think at this point we got time for one more, and Joe's here. So, Joe, read the next one, please.
2: Okay, this comes from 6K. Uh, If the Emerald Dream is a spiritual background to our world that allows the Great Cycle to reset, persist, is there an equivalent to that for the Old Gods that allows them to maintain in Immaterium? Matt said he wasn't stealing any from Lorewatch, then he lied. It Uh, says
1: Q for whatever right on the front. He didn't say it was for Lorewatch. He said for whatever.
2: Ah yes, Matt. Matt does not understand how to read and put context to things. I forgot about that. I
1: I understand how to use like the rules to my advantage, and that does not say Lorewatch. So boom. Answer the question.
2: Not healing six can rate anymore. Um Uh, I mean, maybe we don't know. I mean, the problem is with the old gods is the old gods are the um, like they are what happens when you take pure void and throw it into the materium. Right. So there is a vast difference between them and say the void lords while they quote unquote serve the void. Matt and I have talked about this for a while. It really isn't that they serve the Void. They serve themselves. They're completely different entities than what they started out to in the first place. And maybe that's part of the Void's plan. Maybe it's not part of the Void's plan. Um, But I also don't know that they necessarily need their own Emerald Dream because we've already seen them co-opt our Emerald Dream. They're already part of our world. They've they've co-opted Titan facilities. They've co-opted that that particular backup plan. We don't know what the Void looks like when it goes into other realms either. Because we know that the Void can go to other realms. Uh, last expansion, the Void showed us that it could get to Shadowlands. And it could cause a lot of trouble. It could do a lot of things that nobody wanted it to do. Uh, it, you know, looking at you, Bastion. So... What if it goes somewhere else? What if it goes into the elemental plane of life? Where if it goes to uh, any of those other spheres of existence that are out there? What does that look like? What does what does a void entity stain there turn it into? But I think that's one of the most key important things to really bear in mind is that the old gods are not void. They are made of void, but they are different. They have evolved past yeah.
1: it. Another way to look at it is is really simple. Void at its basic heart is non-existence. It's like a null sector. It's void. It is literally a void. There Mm -hmm. is, is, it it is nothing. It is nothing as a thing, Um, but you can't have nothing as a thing in the material plane. You can't have it where things actually are. We don't, li- we don't live in a, in a realm of ideas and concepts the way that people in the Shadowlands exist in such a place. And the other the, such cosmic planes are similar in that they are conceptual. But the, the plane that Maz- that Azeroth is in is physical and, and imminent. Uh, and as a result of that, when you throw a void entity there, you'll notice that the, the old gods are masters at twisting, co-opting, and corrupting. Not at creating. They don't make things. They make things worse. They're like the Arthur Daniels Midland of, of, you know, evil. So they're like Arthur Daniels, but regardless, they don't, they don't make, you know, the Naraki. They just corrupt like, you know, Azerothian life into the Naraki. They don't make, you know, the, the, the Emerald dream. They just turn part of it into the rift of Alm. They don't make uh their own plane of existence. They just grab hold of the ones the Titans are making. They, they, they twist things. They, they're sim i think it was they were called necrophotic symbiotic parasites mm-hmm. that's what they are they're parasites they're they don't make anything they just use what other things have made so yeah that would be i don't think they have their own plane i think they're more like a record scratch like to me seriously an old god is like a record scratch you're listening to an album and if you don't know what a record scratch was right music used to be played on wax discs and the discs had little grooves in them that a needle would read and make the sound. I know it sounds insane, but this actually happened (laughs) and it's still happening in some places. Uh, But a record scratch would therefore, when the needle hit it, the scratch didn't have any design to it. It didn't have all the stuff you need to make a communicable sound. And so when the needle would hit it, it would just make a noise or skip or otherwise be thrown off. That's the old gods. They are like a record scratch on the face of Azur. So yeah, that's me. I don't think Liz. I don't think you care, but if you do, now's a good time to talk.
0: I have no idea. All of this flew right over my head because I don't do Warcraft lore. That's y'all's domain.
2: I mean, I Earth. think that's a lie, considering uh, guild chat earlier today. But we're going. We're not getting into that now.
0: <laughs> I there, I know. I know a lot about very tiny subsets of information that interest me, and about the broader picture, I know nothing.
1: Man, Joe was playing inside baseball league. <laughs> Unfair. But anyway, uh, okay. I think at this point, so we are, we are running out of time. So uh, I'm going to ask Joe to do his, his big closing event. And then I will take us out of here.
2: Sure. Blizzard Watch is made possible due to the generous contributions at patreon.com slash blizzard watch. Your continued support means this podcast signing community is able to thrive and grow. Blizzard Watch supporters enjoy exclusive benefits like early access to the podcast. Better chance at having your question answered on our podcast or the queue and an ads free site experience.
1: Thank you, Joe. And thank you, Liz. Uh, Basically, because you made the entire first part of this podcast happen. Uh, it was great uh, I had I to do as little as possible <laughs> for like a solid 10 minutes and I'm super happy about it uh, thank you both uh, and thank you for everyone who sent in a question including uh, Jack Jack and LDSoft who once again I didn't get to your questions I'm sorry I will roll them forward I promise eventually they will be answered uh, I will make this happen uh, but regardless <laughs> uh, thank you to everyone for listening and being here with us as we do the podcast this has been the Blizzard Watch podcast uh, thank you guys again and we'll be back next week